Hi, friends, and welcome to The Afterword, a podcast where we meet up to have a deeper conversation about the truths we're studying in the Bellevue Women Bible Study each week. I'm your host, Donna Gaines, and I'm here with my co-host, Dana Street, and our guest for today, Diane Cook. We're in week six of our fall Bible study, The Beginning, His Story in Genesis 1 through 11. And today we looked at the story of Adam's family tree and the generations that followed after the fall. We were reminded that God's plans are never derailed by the sin of man, but we have to choose to listen to His voice, call upon His name, and surrender to His perfect will for our lives. You're listening to The Afterword. Diane, we are so delighted to have you joining us today. Diane is a small group leader in women's ministry and a prayer warrior and just a faithful friend. So thank you for being with us today. I am so grateful to be here. (laughs) Well, you were telling us about how your small group is just really clinging to what they're learning in this Bible study. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes. Before I came up today, it was so precious that my group actually joined hands and prayed over me before I came up. Mm. And this morning during Bible study, they were just so open to sharing what God has spoken to them this week in our study. And it's just amazing what we have been learning. From the very beginning, we thought, several of the ladies said that they thought, well, we're starting Genesis 1 through 11. What is there for us to learn? (laughs) I've had several people tell me that, (laughs) and yet they've been blown away with what God is revealing. We have been so amazed at what has happened in our class, because the more I study, the more I want to study. It's just like I can't pull myself away from the Word, and mm-hmm. I just want to keep on. My book is full of notes. <laughs> <laughs> That's and so it's just been a blessing, and um, I just thank God that He's put me here in this season of my life to serve ladies mm-hmm. in this church. Well, Donna wrote this week's lesson, and she taught this week's <laughs> lesson, and oh my goodness, I love the juxtaposition of Seth and Cain, mm-hmm. yes. and just walking through and seeing what happens as a result of being in the godly lineage or the ungodly lineage. And then what you taught this morning on the sins of the fathers, oh my goodness, what strong teaching. And I was talking with somebody on the way in this morning, and I said, you know, it's just one of those things that we know, but we constantly have to be evaluating ourselves because the enemy is sly. He will slip things in before you know it. And so we always have to be looking and saying, have I let something slip in? Because I wrote this down. Our descendants are impacted by our choices. That was something you said this morning. I thought, you know, that is so true. We make choices. How many choices do we make throughout the day? And our descendants are impacted by every one of those. I just got back from being with my two grandchildren. And, you know, as you all know, grandchildren are almost perfect. (laughs) Absolutely. Almost perfect. And it's that almost that when you see the almost come out, you go, hmm. Did that come from me? <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it's like it's just one I of those. I recognize that sin nature. <laughs> yeah, I recognize that. Oh, <laughs> I thought I'd hidden all of that. You know, it's just. Um, but it is so important for us, though, to constantly be saying, "Okay, Lord, is there something I need to stop in my life? Do I need to stop it? What is it?" that I can do in my generation so that the next generation and the one after that and the one after that will be able to walk in freedom. That's right. That's right. And that's our hope and desire. That's why I pray Isaiah 59, 21 for my family so Mm. often, 
May your spirit that is upon us and your word that is in our mouth not depart from our mouths or the mouths of our children or the mouths mm-hmm. of our children's children forever. I pray that when I pray for my children and grandchildren that the word of God will be in their mouth and will be the foundation upon which they build their lives because I want them to be mm-hmm. in the lineage of the blessed, mm-hmm. in the lineage of Seth. I want to live before them in such a way that I would say this about mm-hmm. my children when they were growing up. Even if they rebel, I want them to never be able to deny the existence of God mm-hmm. because they've seen Him. Yes. They've experienced Him. They've seen Him mm-hmm. in my life. And I think that's that's the desire of somebody who wants to leave the lineage of the blessed behind, <laughs> a <Yes>. blessed lineage. <laughs> and it's a choice. It is a choice. It's And it's it's a choice of walking in the way of life. And walking in the way of death is right. Deuteronomy 39. Spirit of flesh. Yes. Life exactly. Death. <laughs> exactly. And it's just one way or the other. That's exactly That's right. right. And we want to go ahead and get to, Diane, your story, because what God has done in and through your life is so gripping. And I know that there are some women who need to hear your story. This morning, we talked about the fact that our story is a weapon that has the power to defeat the enemy, that testimony that God has given us has the power to defeat the enemy. Mm -hmm. To be totally honest, from what I know about your story, you had a choice to make. You could have been defeated by your story, or you could use your story to defeat the enemy, and you made the better choice. And so tell us just a little bit about your story, what you've walked through, starting back with 1998 with what happened with your mom and dad? Well, a little bit before 98, I'll just kind of fill you in on my salvation. I wasn't saved until I was 30. But the Lord started working in my heart with my son, Michael, when he was born. He was born early. He has long collapsed. So they took him away from me and put him into the newborn center for surgery. And so the Lord just started working on my heart, you know, and I just... I just told the Lord, you know, whatever He wanted me to do back then, even though I wasn't saved. I knew I didn't have peace in my heart at the time. And so later on, in a couple of years, these ladies invited me to a women's retreat in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And it was there that I gave my life, and I surrendered my heart to the Mm. Lord, and He came in to Mm. live with me. And then in 1998, it was when I received a phone call about my mom and dad. They had been in a horrible accident. It was five cars and Mm. 11 people involved. And they said, your mom didn't make it. And so at that point, my father was airlifted to Memphis. And they just told us at that moment he would not survive. But he did. He came out of the wheelchair 12 months later with one leg missing and an amputee and then a rod in his hip to his knee and the other leg. He's 89 years old now and still walking (laughs) and still driving. And so that's just Uh, a miracle right there in our lives. Well, that was in 98, and I thought, oh, there is no way anything could be any worse than this. And then the morning, uh, uh, well, actually, the evening of the 9th of November, my husband and I had been working that day. And so that evening, like most ladies, I didn't have my bed made that night. (laughs) And so my husband said, well, let's just go into the guest bedroom. Well, my husband always charged his phone in the bathroom, the restroom, you know, there. And I said, okay, so that was another one of God's protection, provision Mm -hmm. for us. Because at 2 a.m. the next morning here by the church on Appalin, we received a phone call at 2 a.m. from Barry's phone. But we don't know if Barry called us or someone else called us, but it was a 2 a.m. call, and we missed it. So at 5 a.m., 
we heard the knocking at the door and the ringing of the doorbell nonstop. Mm -hmm. And as I was getting up out of the bed to go to my closet to get my robe, my prayer was, and it was like the Lord just spoke to me. He said, Lord, I said, please don't let anything be wrong with one of my boys. And so that was my prayer. And then as I opened the door, the two sheriffs that were standing there had a clipboard with my son's driver's license on it and said, is this your son? And I said, yes, sir. And he said, well, he was killed around 2 o'clock on Applin Road next to Bellevue. And so they came on into the house, and one was ministering to my husband, and one was ministering to me. And my husband, he was so gracious. He just looked at the sheriff and he said, you know, I know we don't understand the circumstances here, but it's God's will. Mm -hmm. And he said, Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 says that my thoughts are not your thoughts and my ways are not your ways. Mm -hmm. And so the gentleman that was ministering to me, he said, and what church do you attend? And I said, Mm -hmm. Bellevue Baptist Church. And so we went on later that afternoon and we had to go identify the body at the morgue. And It was just a time that God stepped in because I don't remember a lot of the the situations Mm. we went through. And it was just how God just intervened and took Mm. care of us. And so then we went on and had the service, and it was such a glorifying service here at the church, you know. And then I used to tell everybody after the, the service is over, most everyone goes home and life comes back to normal. But it didn't happen that way with us at our home. God had other plans for me, and during that time, I just told the Lord, I said, I don't understand what you have in your plans, but I accept it. Mm. And I had a lady at the church tell me, said, you can either become bitter or you can become better. Mm -hmm. And so I had asked the Lord to use me in a mighty way in the hurting of other moms that had gone through this Mm. tragedy of losing a child. And so there's been so many divine appointments Mm. that I can't go on, Mm. that I have been in stores where there would be a lady walking down the aisle, and she'd be so sad looking, and and the Lord would just speak to me and say, say good morning to this lady. And I said, good morning. And I said, are you okay? And she started crying. And I said, what's wrong, honey? And she goes, I just buried my daughter. Mm. And then we were at a restaurant not long ago and having lunch with some ladies, and I just looked across the restaurant, and there was a lady with a younger lady there with her, and she just, she looked so mm-hmm. sad. And so the Lord spoke to me again and said, you just need to go over and mm-hmm. give her a track. And I always ask permission, may I give you right. a track? Mm-hmm. Right. And so she took the track. Mm-hmm. And then a few minutes later, after they finished lunch, the daughter got up and left, which I didn't know it was her daughter. And the mother came over to my table, mm-hmm. and she looked at me, and she was mad. And she said, can you tell me exactly why you picked me out of all the people in this restaurant? And I said, well, the Holy Spirit just spoke to me that you needed encouragement. Mm. And then I shared my testimony of my son Mm. that was, you know, passed away. And she looked at me and started crying. And I said, well, what's wrong, honey? And she said, I just buried my husband. And then she hugged me and she (laughs) she did. And she said, may I have the track back? (laughs) And then she said, I love you. And I said, well, I just try to follow the guidance of the Holy Spirit, that when He leads me, and it's almost like I can feel the pain of another mother or another young lady Mm -hmm. that has gone through this, even though I don't know that, but I just feel that pain, Mm -hmm. you know, of that. But Diane, that's because Mm -hmm. of your willingness to allow the Lord to take such a difficult situation in your life and turn it into an opportunity to connect you with other people and use it to point them to Jesus. Mm -hmm. You chose 
as Dana said, the better path. You chose to honor and glorify the Lord, even when you didn't understand, even when it mm-hmm. hurt, and it mm-hmm. still does. Mm-hmm. What year was that? That was 207. Okay. I thought that was around mm-hmm. that time. And Brother Steve was coming in on the plane that day. And so after the funeral that next Sunday, I had shared mm-hmm. that we had just had the service for burying. And your pastor, Steve, he said, well, let me pray for you. And that meant so much to me that mm-hmm. he would stop long enough to pray for us, you know. Well, anybody who's lost a loved one enters in through empathy, but it's not until you've lost a child. Right. I think that has to be the most difficult thing that anybody faces on this earth. And so your willingness to allow the Lord to use you to connect with other people and to let the Holy Spirit guide you, those are beautiful testimonies. Mm-hmm. And it's just amazing. That's just a couple of them. Amazing how God continues to use me when I'm out in the public, you know, anywhere I'm that I just... I'm always there. It's like, okay, Lord, what and where and what should I say? And it's like He brings somebody in my path. And it's not that I want to witness to somebody who's gone through that grief. You know, I don't want somebody to have to go down that path. Right. But God has provided, and I surrender. I want to surrender. Mm. And that's one reason how I got into the women's ministry, because I collapsed on the steps after Barry's passing about six months later. And I said, I totally surrender, Lord. Whatever mm. you want me to do, I will mm. do it. And Bellevue called me to be a leader in a small group, which I've never done before, into chronological Bible study. And oh, I went, that's great. Mm. <laughs> and I went, oh, no, I don't think I can do that. And then later, as I hung up the phone, the Lord spoke to me in a small, quiet voice, said, I thought you said you'd do anything for me. Mm. And I said, mm. yes, Lord. And the same thing happened again. The other day I was praying, and I was saying, I just surrender, Lord, wherever you want me to go. I just want to make what time I have left here to count for you. And I want my legacy to count for you and my children and my grandchildren and now my great-grandchildren. And so I was praying again the same prayer, and then Dana approached me. (laughs) I went home to my husband. I said, it's happened again. (laughs) I love it. Bellevue's called me again. (laughs) One of the things I love about you, though, Diane, is that you do walk in the Spirit and that you are so conscious of the Lord's leading Mm -hmm. and just story after story that I know of just over the past two or three years that I can think of where you've just really felt like you needed to reach out and invite somebody to Bible study in person or online. Great story there about your family uh, in another state. Yes. My daughter-in-law, Jennifer, in California's mom lives in North Carolina. And so at the beginning of not this semester, but the last one, I just, the Lord was speaking to me because I was really sick at home. And so the Lord just spoke to me and said, call Betsy. And Mm -hmm. I said, oh, she won't do it. That's no way. The enemy, of course. Mm -hmm. And I texted her and I said, Betsy, I said, we're getting ready to start this Bible study. Would you like to join? And she said, oh, I would love it. And then she sent me text messages and she said, I just can't get enough. And so she's actually doing the Bible study again this semester. And she visited once. She did. The last time when we had our, our lunch, luncheon here, she came in and she just started kind of tearing up. And I said, are you okay? And she said, oh, it's so much different here than it is online. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> so she and her 94-year-old Paul, they watch Brother Steve every Sunday now together. Then this semester, I thought, well, I'm going to reach out to her daughter. Uh, Jennifer, which is my daughter-in-law, and I said, Jennifer, would you like to join? And she said, yes, thank you for asking. 
Well, then I go back to Betsy and I said, well, how about your daughter in Nashville? And she goes, yes. Okay. So then my grandson in Florida, I asked his girlfriend, they came up and I said, well, Brooke, would you like to join the Bible study? And she said, yes. So, I mean, it's like... The Lord has spoken to me like, we just need to ask. Absolutely. We leave it up to the individual to make that choice, you know, but we need to ask. That's right. I met with a mom this Sunday who was in town visiting her mother, Mm -hmm. and she's actually, the mother attends here, and then her daughter's doing it online with her, so they're Mm -hmm. able to do the Bible study together that way. Mm -hmm. But she just said, you know, I'm in a church that's a little more... formal. Mm -hmm. And she said, this Bible study has been my lifeline. Mm -hmm. It has really fed Mm -hmm. me. So um, it's amazing what the Lord does. So thank you, Mm -hmm. Diane, for your willingness to Mm -hmm. listen to the voice of the Lord. And like you said, just reach out and ask. Well, where you walked, I know the Lord graciously brought you to the point of taking your great pain and turning it into Mm -hmm. a testimony and a tool to reach out and to touch other people's lives. Help us who've not been there know how best to minister to a family in a loss like that, and how to help direct them to healing like you've experienced? Mm. Well, most of all, the last young lady I went to visit was Katie that had lost her 17-year-old son in a Mm. car accident here just recently. I had asked Brother Bill if I could have her information because my heart broke when they announced it at our prayer meeting on Wednesday Mm. morning that we have here. And when I went in the door, I, I called her ahead of time to let her know I was bringing a meal for her and her family. And when she was in the kitchen and I entered the front door, our eyes contacted with each other. She didn't know me. I didn't know her. But we knew the pain. We just came, and I just held her, mm. and I just let her cry. Mm. And I told her it was going to be okay. I said, the time in grieving in each individual is different. So don't let anybody put a timetable on you about grieving. Yes. That's such a good word, Diane. Mm -hmm. I spoke with a recent widow on Sunday, and she was telling me the same thing, Mm -hmm. that people Mm -hmm. kind of feel like she should just snap out of it. And she Mm -hmm. said, I'm just not there yet. I Mm -hmm. just feel like days I can't even function. And I said, you know what? That's okay. (laughs) It is. Allow yourself to Mm -hmm. grieve. Yes. And you have to do that. And there's still days that I call it my berry day, you know, mm-hmm. but there's days that you still have those moments that you grieve, but then it's not as long as it was in the past. But I just tell mm-hmm. people that, you know, the Lord's in control, that we don't understand the circumstances, but I do know it's like the weaver. I love that, mm-hmm. you know, that we see the front part of the tapestry, right. but we don't see all the knots on the back. Mm-hmm. And I just tell people that, you know, that Jesus loves them. And I just tell them that, you know, if they just turn their lives over to Jesus and and let Him take control and surrender to them, that He will walk every step with them, that He will walk that path with them. And then with Katie, I just told her, you know, I was there. If she needs to talk and call me at any time, just call me. And I just reach out people and just, you know, and sometimes it's not what we say. It's just our appearance. Just be there and just listen. Listen to their pain. And would you say also, I think people sometimes hesitate to bring up the name of someone who's gone to be with the Lord, and yet you want to hear their name. You want to know that people remember and want to talk to about. That's what this widow was telling me Sunday. Mm-hmm. You know, when people hesitate or whatever, she says, I don't know whether. I said, yes, you, you bring it up, because then you give them permission to talk to you about mm-hmm. it. But you want to know that people mm-hmm. remember Barry, that they mm-hmm. understand what mm-hmm. you've been through, and you want to talk about him. And Would you say that's mm-hmm. true? That's very true, because, you know, Barry was a very likable young man, you know, and the summer he passed that fall in November— he attended Awesome August, and I know the exact seats he was sitting in, he mm-hmm. and his little boy, you know, because oh. he had a little boy that was two weeks short of seven at the time. And that was
was another tragedy. Dominic had a little half-brother that was killed in a car accident, 21 months old, in June, and then his daddy died in November. Oh, so wow. we've had to deal with that tragedy with him, and he's almost 21 now, mm-hmm. but he loves the Lord. He was saved. He was baptized here at Bellevue. It, it's just a miracle how God has walked with us through this and how, at times, I look back and I think, how did I do that? But I'm I know sure. I know how I did it, you mm-hmm. know. But it's just amazing. I just put my trust in Him, and I have to share that with the other ladies, that mm-hmm. in time, in one of my devotions one morning, I faced the eastern sun coming up, and it's in my quiet time, a little cubby hole there. And it was like the Lord said, Lord, I just said, your joy is going to come in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. said, thank you, Lord, because I knew it was coming. So I have a friend of mine now. She just tells me, she said, you're just full of joy, joy, joy. <laughs> and I said, well, you know, I heard years ago that joy was Jesus and then That's others right. and then yourself. So I try to always put people that are hurting, especially people mm-hmm. hurting, you know, first. But I want them to know that Jesus does love them. That's right. And that He will carry them through if they only will make that choice mm-hmm. to be better and, not, you know, not be bitter. Not be bitter. Yeah, yes. not to be bitter because He is totally in control. And like my husband said, he said, Regardless of the circumstances, Diane, there's nothing you can do to change it. And I said, I understand that. Mm-hmm. So I choose to be good, mm-hmm. <laughs> to choose be better, to accept, accept yeah. his accept. calling. Yeah. Thank you for your faithfulness. Dana, would you close us in prayer? And would yes. you pray for Diane and for continued divine appointments? Yes. And for those listening, there may be other women out there that are walking through the valley mm. of the shadow of death. And we would just encourage mm. you to reach out to someone mm. and let them walk this mm. path with you. Father, we Thank you so much for, Lord, the way that you are using Diane. Lord, I thank you that she made the choice to use her testimony to overcome what the enemy meant for bad. And, Lord, it has been turned into good over and over again as she has ministered to other women. Lord, I pray, Father, that you would give her continued and multiple divine appointments with women who need to hear her story, who need to be encouraged, who need, Father, somebody to help them walk out of the prison of grief that they're in. Lord, I thank you for Diane's sensitivity. Lord, I pray for each one of us. Lord, there's not a one of us that doesn't have someone in our lives who is walking through a time of grieving. Lord, give us the words to say, the spirit to say, whatever it is you would have us to say it in. Father, if it's not words, if it's just presence, Lord, help us to be sensitive to that as well. Lord, I pray for each one of us, Lord, that we would be guided by your hand, in tune with your heart, and Lord, that we would be obedient to what you put in front of us, one thing at a time, one day at a time. In the name of your Son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 The Afterword Podcast is a production of Bellevue Women and Bellevue Baptist Church in Memphis, Tennessee. For more Bible studies and other resources, visit bellevue.org slash women.